You are listening to the QSR Web Podcast. Hello again, fellow food service friends, and welcome back to the QSR Web Podcast. I'm your host, QSR Web Editor Shelley Whitehead, and this week we're all going to saddle up and ride into Roy Rogers for the latest on that 51-year-old brand with a big heart and even bigger assortment of center-of-the-plate options. So stay where you are. Roy Rogers Franchise Company co-owner Jim Flamandon is up next for the latest on this legacy brand. Are you a supplier or a brand working to elevate the customer experience? The Interactive Customer Experience Association connects brands, suppliers, agencies, and more who are working to create transcendent customer experiences. Let's work together to create a better customer experience ecosystem for us all. Join the ICX Association today at icxa.org. For more than half a century now, Roy Rogers, the QSR, has hung its 10-gallon hat on its much-loved namesake, the 50s-era singer-actor Roy Rogers, the man, a.k.a. the king of cowboys. But how is this QSR today pulling that image and its varied menu forward in today's hyper-competitive corral of fast food brands? That's among the topics we hope to explore now with our podcast guest today, Roy Rogers co-owner Jim Plamandon. And I hope I didn't butcher your name, Jim, but it's very difficult. Plamandon, I think is what you had told me previously. Let me welcome you to the show. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, Well, it is our pleasure. I, I know you might hate my kind of harkening back to your roots and legacy with this brand, but there's really something kind of wonderful about the idea of a brand spun off of the kind of real love Americans had for Roy Rogers and honestly also cowboys and cowgirls who will always be kind of cool. So how's the brand using that to propel it forward? And where are we now with things like store count, geographic reach, and even some performance information. Well, yeah, so we're very proud of our heritage. It has been uh, quite a run uh, for the brand. In fact, uh, we celebrated our 50th anniversary in business last year um, in 2018. So it was 1968 when the first Roy Rogers restaurant opened in Falls Church, Virginia, not far from our headquarters here in Frederick, Maryland. And uh, that those days, the brand was under the uh, auspices of the Marriott Corporation when it was uh, created and uh, had a number of iterations over the years. It grew at one point to almost 650 restaurants. And uh, today, currently, uh, however, and I'll, I'll get into the story later, I'm sure you'll ask me about it. Uh, we've got 48 restaurants. We are in six states. So we are a uh, mid-Atlantic brand, if you will. Uh, we're headquartered here in Maryland, so then Virginia and West Virginia, as well as uh, Pennsylvania, New York, and New Jersey. So 48 restaurants, about half are company-owned and operated, and half are franchised. Well, thank you very much. Um, I appreciate that kind of roundup of things. It's hard to distill 51 years into a few, <laughs> a few seconds there. You did very well. So, Jim, I know you 
this brand is is really going places, including new people in the organization, new initiatives across the brand, including particularly that store redesign, which I saw the photos of your new Westminster, Maryland location. And I really like it because it nicely captures that kind of working ranch feel that's so much a part of this brand, but also because it puts a variety of entrees uh, right out in front with that triple threat of roast beef, burgers, and chicken. How big a role does the holy trio, so to speak, play in the brand's path forward? Well, it's a uh, uh, certainly a major component of the success of the brand uh, and has been for many, many years. Uh, as you call it, uh, we, we affectionately call it the holy trio or um, the big three and, and roast beef, burgers, and chicken. And, and really no other uh, quick-serve restaurant has that kind of variety. Uh, as you know, by covering this industry for so many years, uh, the quick-serve restaurant business has exploded in terms of their menu offerings, uh, that's for sure. Uh, just go, you know, drive up to, to any one of the drive-throughs and see the size of their drive-through menu board these days. But, but Roy Rogers has has almost always had this uh, uh, this triple threat, if you will, the real roast beef, USDA choice beef. It's it's slow roast in the oven and, and slighted, sliced to order. So it's a it's the real product. It's not a processed product. Fried chicken, fresh, never frozen fried chicken. In fact, we just upgraded. Not only the, bo- uh, the bone-in fried chicken, but rather our chicken tenders. Uh, and so we've got just a wonderful uh, chicken tender product that we launched about two months ago. And then our line of burgers, um, and uh, all quarter-pound burgers. Uh, and one of the most famous burgers that we have is called the Double R Bar Burger, which is named after Roy Rogers, the cowboy, his ranch out in California back in the day. Uh, it was called mm-hmm. the Double R Bar Ranch. And... Um, we uh, uh, serve a uh, cheeseburger with Smithfield uh, ham on top, oh. uh, and uh, it's a real popular sandwich. It's actually one of our more popular sandwiches that we serve. So that that menu um, has really uh, served us well for many many years. Of course, we've got some other offerings. We've got uh, some other grilled chicken sandwiches, and uh, we've got our famous Gold Rush sandwich. Uh, as well that people know about. That's a chicken uh, patty with Monterey Jack cheese bacon and a sweet barbecue sauce on it. That too is a is a fan favorite. Uh, so we've certainly got some other offerings, um, but those three really drive the the business for us, and uh, and and that's really what we're known for. Uh, we we say you know quality, variety, and choice, and that really that variety is is uh, based on those three uh, particular proteins. You know, the choice factor um, uh, is really about our fixings bar, and uh, that's also really what sets us apart from the rest of the QSR industry. We, we have uh, out in the dining room for our guests to really uh, personalize uh, or customize their sandwich, whether it's a burger or a chicken sandwich or roast beef or what have you. We've got fresh lettuce, freshly sliced tomatoes, freshly sliced onions, pico de gallo and salsa, and... Uh, a whole array of sauces uh, as well to, t- to top your, your burger or sandwich off with. So certainly it s- sets us apart from the competition and then it gives the guest really control of what they uh, want to put on their sandwich. So we don't, we're not pre-making these uh, items and holding them under a heat lamp. Uh, it's really fresh and uh, you know, the guests really have the opportunity to make it what they will. So 
Um, this new remodel you referred to in Westminster has been a, a smashing success for us. We're very excited about it. We, you know, this is our, our brand, is, as we talked about, is 50 years old. This was one of our restaurants that was uh, originally built in the 1970s as a Geno's. I don't know if that name rings a bell with you from back <laughs> in the day. It does and, with me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Marriott, uh, when Marriott owned Roy Rogers, acquired the Geno's brand in the early 80s. And so there were a number of these buildings in the system. And long story short, we acquired that restaurant about a decade ago, a little bit more than that. And uh, it was an, an older building that, of course, we had remodeled at the time. But we did a major reimaging uh, project here. We, we made some store redesign elements to enhance the efficiency of the drive-through. And uh, also the front sales line and made some, some changes there as well to, to speed up the process and make us more efficient. Uh, but we also uh, did a full makeover, not only of the inside dining room, but the outside as well, adding some stone towers and some nice elements uh, to enhance the uh, curb appeal of the building. And, uh, you know, it's been a great success. Our sales are up nearly 10% since we did the remodel. Uh, very excited about it. Our guests love it. Um, we've got some big, you know, communal uh, seating, uh, uh, which our guests just love to, to uh, sit at. We've got a big round booth that uh, bigger parties can sit at as well. So we've got kind of something for everyone. Uh, we've got a little history board too in the middle of the dining room that uh, tells the history of our chain, you know, beginning with the first restaurant in 1968 and carrying on through the Marriott days. And uh, I'll say kind of tongue in cheek, the dark days of when Hardy's acquired the brand, but uh, you know, they had acquired it just for the real estate, not for the brand. Yeah. And uh, that's when we were able to, after they ended up uh, selling off a good portion of the real estate uh, because their efforts to convert them to Hardy's failed we were able to buy the trademark and franchise system back in 2002 and, you know, uh, revitalize and relaunch it again. So we're excited about that. It's uh, those were dark days and um, it did kind of drain the brand, but you are on a new path now. Um, and, you know, as you were talking about the Holy Trio, I wondered if you have or could share maybe which one of those three center of the plate proteins like lead sales for Roy Rogers. I'm happy to share it, but the answer is uh, not necessarily exciting. It's even. <laughs> really? Our, our menu uh, with those three proteins, it's about a third, a third and a third. Uh, fried chicken, burgers, and beef. I'd say the burgers maybe lead the way ever so slightly, but, you know, gosh, Roy Rogers is known for its roast beef sandwich. As I mentioned, the, the USDA choice top inside round sliced order, uh, and it is, uh, it's a biggie. So, uh, uh, but it's, it's pretty even, you know, dinner time is when you get your fried chicken sales, right? And a lot of you know, eight piece, 10 piece, 12 piece chicken going out the door for family meals and the like. So it all kind of balances out at the end. Of course, it depends on which market you're in and, and which restaurant, but uh, it's all about even at the end of the day. Well, that's really interesting, particularly as the chicken wars seem to be heating up, um, you know, right now um, to, to hear that kind of the proteins do kind of um, gather evenly across the board 
but it yeah. still is a lot of variety um and variety is great um uh, but it's also very hard to execute in fast food day to day and you're doing it not just in that trio of entree categories but also you've got breakfast and it seems like you have a larger than average array of sides and desserts how do you maintain that system wide particularly as it relates to cost and kitchen training even we've been doing this a long time so the answer you know you are right i won't argue with you it's complex and it's probably a little bit more complex than some of the other quick serve restaurants that are competitors and no one is doing all three uh, under one roof you might have the mcdonald's and burger king of the world doing the burgers or the kfc's and the popeyes doing chicken or the arby's doing beef but no one's really got all three under one roof yeah, it is a little bit more complex. It's something we've been known for. We've got systems in place uh, and equipment in place to, to be able to execute on a high level. Um, it's, it's really important uh, for us uh, to, to not com- complicate the from here, that's for sure, because we've already got this great um, variety. So while we do have limited time only, offerings, and we do, and, and our guests look forward to those uh, each and every year. We don't uh, rely on those every month to keep the menu uh, exciting and different because we think we've got a great menu um, even without the limited time only offerings. So um, breakfast is a big component, as you mentioned. Uh, we probably do anywhere between 15 and 20% of our sales are in breakfast. We're known for our platters, uh, breakfast platters, so it's not just a grab-and-go breakfast, although we offer that with a crescent sandwich or a biscuit sandwich. But we've got things like uh, scrambled egg platters and pancake platters and sausage and gravy and chip beef, uh, some items that our guests, again, love to uh, actually typically more sit down in our restaurants than, than uh, carry out and drive through. You know, our, our drive through percent... Uh, is a little lower than a traditional QSR might be, uh, probably in the 50 to 55% range, whereas you know some of the big uh, competitors that start with an M might have an 80% <laughs> drive-through percent. But you know that's driven by, yeah, I think, the, the food quality that we have. It's a little different. People treat us differently than a, a typical fast food. They like to come sit down and spend a little bit more time. You know, These breakfast platters are a case in point. We've got the fixings bar, right? And so people really like to come into the restaurant and uh, enjoy, you know, creating their own sandwich with the fresh lettuce, tomatoes, or onions, or what have you. So uh, I think that really plays into our drive-through uh, being a somewhat lower percent. We we don't look at that as a negative. We actually look at that as a positive. Um, our our guests do treat us differently than a typical fast food restaurant. We consider ourselves a cut above a typical fast food restaurant. And, uh, you know, we hear guests, uh, not only do we do research on this and we have done research to, to prove it out, but anecdotally, uh, not a week goes by where a guest doesn't approach me in one of our restaurants and say, you know, I don't normally eat fast food, but I love Roy Rogers. And that's music to my ears. We really love to hear that because, we want to position ourselves a little bit different. You know, those, those other chains are huge and they're successful, but you can imagine in order for us to be successful in this industry, you've got to do something different than those <laughs> competitors to stand yeah. out. And uh, 
when I hear guests talk about the quality and the variety and the choice uh, being those components that make us a little different than those competitors, uh, I like to hear that. Well, there really is a space for it because it seems like everybody's going in another direction these days. Yeah. Like all the brands that are going in the direction of plant-based meats, they seem to be a panacea now for all that ails fast food. Um, and I'm wondering whether Rogue Rogers is planning anything along those lines with regard to center of the plate. Um, truthfully, we have not executed on it yet. Um, we're going to take a little bit of a wait and see, uh, approach. Not that we're not going to explore it cause we will. Um, but we want to see a little bit how it, it plays out and, uh, and then we'll, uh, jump in. I think there's an opportunity there, uh, for a certain customer. Uh, and, uh, you know, the question is a function of our, you know, our resources and where do we want to put them? It's not high on our list at this moment, but it's something we're looking at. Okay. Uh, I appreciate that. You know, and I have to acknowledge that, you know, okay, 51 years and there have been some hard knocks. You mentioned Hardee's. But now your family is really connected to this to this business and they're holding the reins, you're holding the reins, so to speak. So how are you using some of the hard knocks the brand has taken in the past to really build a strong QSR for the future? Well, you're right. We do. Our family has been uh, certainly invested in this brand. Our dad worked for Marriott and really started the brand uh, in the late 1960s as an executive with the Marriott Corporation running the Roy Rogers brand. And he uh, he left Marriott in, in 1979 to become a Roy Rogers franchisee in 1980 up here in Frederick, Maryland. So uh, initially when he uh, left, he was you know, uh, open two, three, four restaurants. That might've been a nice dream of his as a franchisee. Little mm-hmm. did he know that sons, Pete and Jim would join him in business and then buy the trademark and franchise system back from, well, it was that by then Hardy's parent corporation that we bought the trademark from. So I, I said, my brother and I, Pete, who owned the business, we owned the business together. And we said, when we bought this trademark, it was uh, one part rational and one part emotional because <laughs> we were bringing it back into the family. And, uh, but we, we, you know, really believe in it, believed in it at the time and continue to believe in it and think that, you know, the, the expertise that we have, the, the history that we have with the brand, with starting with our dad and the things that he's passed on to us, make us a logical, uh, you know, group to be able to grow the brand again and to, to make it, uh, better and uh and bigger and now we don't necessarily have our designs on 650 restaurants um and that's okay but we do believe in the brand and we think we can increase in units uh across this region and and perhaps a little bit beyond um to um to bring it to uh so many of our loyal fans it's really interesting being a legacy brand because we have so many people that remember it when it was big and uh in terms of numbers that is and so that's great to have you know this is the equity in that roy rogers name and the brand is huge 
So when we open up new restaurants, I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I say the lines are out the door uh, and uh, people are really lined up to, because they remember it when, and gosh, on social media, every day we're getting comments about, I remember, you know, when I was at Roy Rogers in such and such a location and uh, thank you for bringing it back. And uh, so that's really, it's a nice head start to have, (laughs) you know, have this brand equity. And, uh, and now having said that, the, the bar is high, right? Because nostalgia is a good thing. They don't <laughs> necessarily remember, <laughs> you know, that it wasn't always perfect. Uh, and so, so you really got to deliver on it. So a really, really critical component of our success. And we can do this because we're in a, a, of a size that we can really manage it is executing. Yeah. You know, this is a tough, tough industry we're in with, labor challenges and uh i can say labor challenges three or four times i think and uh you know what i mean and so uh we really uh work to find the right people to run our restaurants the right franchise partners to partner up with that really believe in our standards and our values it's really really important to to share the value system though because uh, we're not just gonna you know we don't want to just hire anybody or do a uh franchise deal with just anybody we want to make sure that they they align with us with our values and uh but if we do that we know we've got a great brand and great product and uh and the guests love it when it's executed properly (laughs) you know i can't let you go without and i'm thinking when you're talking about this legacy brand and on these memories that people have of it it, it reminds me of some of what KFC has done with Colonel Sanders, you know, um, kind of like making him the center of their marketing and tapping into that kind of institutional memory. And I wonder yep. whether Roy Rogers is ever thinking about something like that. We do. Um, I, I can tell you, you're, you're right on. I, I feel like you've been sitting in, uh, uh, or spying on some of our marketing meetings that we have, uh, <laughs> because you know we we in fact uh, just recently we're talking about how do you take Roy Rogers the cowboy who was this incredible star from back in the you know forties uh, fifties and sixties right with movies and TV shows and you know his his name and Dale Evans's name was plastered on all these different products um, throughout the years. But, you know, he's not known today by the younger generation for sure. And uh, so how do you, how do you leverage that, the, you know, Roy Rogers, the cowboy? And we think there's still a role for that. And we, you know, his presence is in our restaurants and our marketing firm uh, continues to develop ideas uh, to uh, somehow, you know, keep him relevant in the brand. And, uh, you know, we, we certainly, you know, in our restaurants and you've seen the, the pictures of them and, um, you know, we've got this Western, um, theme, if you will, which makes all the sense in the world. And, and our marketing strategy is around more of the modern cowboy, uh, not necessarily an old hokey cowboy, but more of the, you know, cowboy cool. What does that look like? And, um, and then also what is a cowboy mean and you know it's not just who he is but what he represents hard work you know (laughs) integrity certain value system that a a cowboy honesty that a cowboy uh 
has. And so we try to. You mean cowgirls too, will. right? And cowboys and cowgirls. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my. Um, absolutely. But, you know, so, um, how can we utilize those traits, uh, and, and make those a part of our messaging, not only in the store, but, you know, in our advertising, um, initiatives and the like. And so that's what we, we are continuing to do. And cause we don't want to let Roy, the cowboy, you know, his great name and a great, um, you know, there's just a lot of e- equity in him. And we don't want to lose that, but you know, how do we convey that to this next? And that's our challenge. So that's, we're working I on it. I can't wait to see what's coming up. You've really piqued my interest, uh, and and to see where you put trigger. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I thank you mm-hmm. so much, Jim. Uh, it, it's been interesting, and what a wonderful brand it will be. So fun to watch what you all do in the months and years oh. ahead. Well, thanks for your interest, and I enjoyed speaking with you as well.